Last week, we preached a message called Raise the Banner, Part 1. I, it is my, my hope and plan, as I believe, to be led by the Lord to bring you Part 2. But I didn't give you notes so that I could deviate and do whatever the Holy Spirit would have us do. And uh, there are times when it's important, of course, to be structured in service. Some people think, well, you should just have services where there's no structure. Well, that's not biblical because there's the fallenness of mankind and there's the flesh. And the Apostle Paul talks about structure. Somebody said, well, we want to just have church where there's no structure and the Holy Spirit could just come. We want church with structure and the Holy Spirit for him to come and mess up our structure anytime he likes. So that, that's our desire, that's our plan. I want to review just for a moment what we talked about last week. In Exodus 17, verse 8 and following, you see the first terrorists in Scripture. And they're called Amorites, uh, pardon me, Amalekites. The Olaites, the Amalekites. And so it says in verse 8 of Exodus chapter 17, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Everybody say Rephidim. We'll bring the prophetic meaning to that here in just a little bit. Moses said to Joshua, choose some men to go out to fight against the Amalekites. Tomorrow I'll stand on top of the hill with my, the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua went out and fought the Amalekites as Moses ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. We've preached a message here. Uh, from Dr. Morocco, an outline from him called Who's on the Hill? We are facing a tremendous battle. There's a battle in the heavenlies. There's a battle in the earth. But as we win in the heavenlies, as we declare the finished work of Jesus, we'll see the manifestation of victory even in the earth. There is forces of darkness. There are demons, and they're subject to us in the name of Jesus. We've got authority. You can write scriptures on the bottom of your shoes so the devil can read them if you like, but you need to be convinced. You need to, you need to settle it tonight that God has done it for you and that you have power, you have authority. It doesn't matter what pit you might have fallen in. God is deeper still and able to bring you out. He can heal you. He can set you free. He can fill you. He can touch you. He can provide for you. Nothing with God, nothing is impossible. No, not one thing. But there's a whole group of people, even religious people, that have, have, you know, abdicated their authority. And this, this, this battle that takes place is a profound one. Now, God had delivered them out of Egypt, as we review from last week. He'd already provided the manna. He provided quail. And here they are, unexpectedly, evil arises in the Amalekites, and the Amalekites go and they begin to pick them off from behind, and that's why I said they're the first terrorists. They come sneaking up on them, as it says in Deuteronomy, and they get the weak and those lagging behind. And I will tell you that I've seen in churches, I've seen in, in the vision across the body of Christ, those who are lackadaisical in their commitment, those who are wishy-washy in their theology begun to get picked off. There is a scripture in the, in the New Testament, the book of Revelation, the lukewarm, he spits you out of their mouth. I'm going to tell you, now is the time. If you got a song, now it's, it's time to sing it. If you got a gift, now it's time to use it. It's time to, to resolve to know God by his word and to settle it in your heart. And to settle the fact that God's on the throne and he loves you, he's got an awesome plan and not be washed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine. Some people are so beleaguered and, and confused because they don't know God's will. 
They don't know God's plan. So as a result, they settle for depression thinking that God gave it to them or they resolve to be defeated in the midst of their battle because they just think, well, maybe maybe it's the Lord's will. Oh, it's the Lord's will for you to rise up and, 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 and thresh the mountains with a, like a new sharp threshing instrument as it says in Isaiah. Come on, you're the head, not the tail. You're the lender, not the borrower. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. And so this battle takes place. It's one that's physically on the ground with, with Joshua. Choosing men, verse 9, to fight against the Amalekites. But it's also spiritually in the air. It's a beautiful picture of intercession and the battle that takes place in the spirit as well as in the natural. Moses, the man of God, up on the mountain. He's up there, and as long as his hands were lifted, then Joshua would win. But his, when his hands began to get tired and, and would drop, then Joshua would lose. It's a, it's a beautiful picture of how we need a heavenly connection, how we need the power of God. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it with your own gift. But with God, co-laboring with him, you can do it. You can make it. You can overcome. You can be more than a conqueror. God's got an amazing plan for you and he partners with you. He partners with me to see it accomplished. People don't get saved just because the truth of Jesus exists. The truth of Jesus exists. Angels can't preach it, but you and I, when we co-labor with him and we share the greatest message that's ever been shared in one moment when somebody believes and repents of their sin can be translated out of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's the greatest miracle of all. Salvation. It's not enough just to know that the truth exists. You know the truth that you believe by the way that you live. And so Moses comes out and he builds an altar. And I talked about what God was saying about all of that. The altar is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. So here's some of what the Lord was saying. And we'll move on to part two. Although Joshua and his army fought, it was God who intervened and gave them victory. You can fight in the arm of the flesh. You won't make it. But with God, you can do all things. If you could do it on your own, then Jesus never had to come to die on a cross and rise again from the grave. But you can't do it on your own. None of us can. It takes a team. You need intercession. You need, you need authority. You need his name. You need, you need, you need power. Moses raised his hands, which is a picture of praise, and it's a picture of intercession. It's a picture of prayer. It's a picture of divine connection. It's a picture of the anointing. It's a picture of God moving through mankind. You are his method. I am his method. We are his method to reach the earth. But it won't happen without prayer, without worship. And Moses held the staff of God in his hand, which represented God's purpose and God's cause. The staff represented God's authority and power released on behalf of Israel. Wow. And as we do our part physically, let me, let me say it this way. God won't do your part. You had to get your carcass out of bed and come to morning prayer or you didn't make it here. Man, we had prayer this morning. Place was shaking. I had one person say to me, Pastor Daniel, how come we don't have church every day like the New Testament did? Well, we do, actually. You just have to get up early to get it. And, and we're right here, 6 and 7 a.m. There's two hours of prayer. And uh, who knows what's going to happen during those times. Tremendous unction, nearly 50 people. I think we had 45 people in prayer this morning. The place was just like shaking. I don't know if you've ever been to a fervent prayer meeting 
but it's not the kind where you leave depressed. It's the kind where you leave like, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm on top. God's with me. It, it's just like, you know, you get so empowered in those meetings. It's like you could swing out over hell on a corn stalk and spit in the devil's eye. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. We got to do our part physically. Many times God doesn't show up in your life because you didn't show up to your time of prayer. We, and, and we've got to do our part spiritually. We've got to keep ourselves. We've got to keep ourselves from defilement. Now listen, if you weren't here Sunday morning, I'm telling you flat out, go listen to it. It's on podcast. It'll be uploaded on YouTube, I think, tomorrow. It's all over. It's a profound message that will help you. Some of you are not walking in the level of authority and power and anointing because you're defiled. Because you've got some stuff going on and you need to be cleansed. I'm not talking about being saved. If you've not been born again, then you need to be born again. I'm talking about being cleansed of defilement. Need your feet washed in the Spirit. We talked about what the Lord was saying to us as a church. What prevents us from fulfilling God's will for our lives. Because there are, there are Amalekites. There are forces of darkness that want to hinder God's people from moving into the promised land want to pick them off, rip them off, and rob from them. So what hinders the church from moving forward? Well, there's a lot of things that try. You say, well, can anything hinder the purposes of God? I mean, the Apostle Paul, who, who wrote most of the New Testament, the epistles for sure, he said, I desired to come to you, but Satan hindered me. I would say it's safe to say that if the Apostle Paul could be hindered by Satan, wouldn't it would be fair to say that it's possible that maybe you could be hindered? But how many of you know the plan of the devil just won't work? No weapon formed against you will prosper. It doesn't mean it won't be formed. It, it, it'll, it is being formed like an axe being ground over your head. It just won't work. The sickness won't work. The attack won't work. Every assignment the enemy won't work. As long as you keep yourself in Jesus and walk in authority, walk in power, declare and decree the promises of the Lord, take those prophetic words, turn them into decrees, and begin to strike those things to the ground and watch God bring about the truth that he said he would do. Wage a good warfare over the prophetic word. There's some kind of lackadaisical thinking out there that, that, that God's just supposed to show up and do it. Now, if you wait for God just to show up and do it, that's not even a biblical model. He did show up, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, but then you need to take that truth and forcefully evict demonic intruders and take authority over the territory in which you live, over the assignments of the enemy, breaking generational curses, iniquity, taking authority over sickness, infirmity. Don't stand for disease in your life. I'm not going to ever get a major disease. I'm not going to get any disease. I'm not going to get sick. I'm going to live on to be 120, preach, praying, and prophesying, casting out the devil and seeing the greatest. Ah! Come on, somebody. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't tolerate what Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave for. You've got authority. You've got power. Rise up in your God-given blood-bought right and begin to use it. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of the ways that the enemy stops the church from moving forward is money. Or people, if you don't have laborers, you're not going to get the job done. Or anointing. You should probably say anointing. Listen, when, you're, when you have the anointing, when you have the enablement of God, people are added to it and money cometh. Come on, somebody say money cometh. We are not about money. We are about souls. It takes money to reach them. So don't be, just like you got to pay a light bill, we got a light bill too. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that we are prospering greatly. God's building our building. 
we have all that we need of for today. Somebody say hallelujah. It's like fresh manna. Glory to God. So I want to talk to you uh, about this second part of this and, and break it down and give you some prophetic insight. A prophetic word for tonight. The Lord spoke to me earlier today, uh, last night it started. You know, there's a big movement and a declaration about the, I think it's the year of Jubilee was just a year or so ago. And it was, was it the 50th cycle or the 70th cycle? Does anybody remember that? I, I didn't take time to go look it up. The 50th cycle of Jubilee. How many of you know what Jubilee is? When the year of Jubilee would come, they would blow a trumpet and every slave was released in the year of Jubilee. In the year of Jubilee, all of your debt was wiped out. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Yeah, all of your debt was wiped out. In the year of Jubilee, if you had land that, was, uh, separate, that you were separated from, then you would get it back. Now here, I'm going to read Isaiah 61 to you, and I want you to understand this. I love uh, Hebrew roots, and I love the seasons, and you know, God chose the Jewish people to reveal himself to, and to bring the Messiah through the Jewish people. Times and seasons and the feasts are all types and shadows of a greater reality. But here's the revelation that you need to understand as a, as a believer living in this day and this hour that Jesus is our jubilee. You don't have to wait for another 70 years or some cycle of blood moons to pass. Come on, Jesus has done it all. And Isaiah chapter 61, I want to read this to you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that they're bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. This is what Jesus read in Luke 4. That he is, Jubilee, manifested every day in your life. You don't have to wait for another cycle. Although I believe in those types and shadows and seasons, I understand that. But you could declare tonight that tonight it's your jubilee. That the Amalekite, the assignment of, of, of a spirit of terrorism that comes to steal and kill from your family is defeated. The assignment of the Amalekite, that spirit of the terrorist, that spirit of robbery would be defeated because you have power, you have authority in Jesus' name. You're going to rise up and declare that thing broken. Come on, somebody say hi. Hallelujah. Why don't you give a hand clap to the Lord today? It says in Leviticus 25, and this is, this is on the liberty bell in our nation. Leviticus 25.10, and proclaim liberty throughout the land unto the inhabitants thereof, and it shall be a jubilee unto thee, to you. And you should return every man to his possession. And you should return every man unto his family. I'm telling you, God is ringing a new liberty bell in the spirit. And it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Lord is releasing liberty across the land, whoever would rise up and take it. And if you want to be beat up one side and down the other rest of your life, that's up to you. But Jesus has made a way for you to partner with his resurrection power. He's given you his word. He's given you his name. He's magnified his word above his, above his name, the Bible says. And we can stand in the place of victory and force the Amalekite, that spirit of a, of a terrorist, to try to pick off some of your weaker family members, try to pick off and rob from you. Anybody been robbed from? 
The first thing the enemy comes to rob, I believe, and to set up is, is right here in this name Rephidim. The valley of Rephidim this first battle took place in, right there in Exodus 17. And it's one of the first assignments of a spirit of, of, of terrorism. I don't think I've heard that before, a spirit of terrorism. Spirit of robbery I've heard before. And really it relates to the Amalekites. The first thing they tries to do is rip off your peace. Rephidim means the place of peace. That's what that means. And if the enemy can rip off your peace, you're in some serious trouble. Rephidim means resting place or the place of your peace. And if he, can, if he can take peace from your mind, then, then I'm going to tell you something. The, the devil will try to get you over into darkness and worry, concern. Be, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Don't tolerate restlessness. Listen, we don't do anxiety. If I start getting anxious about something, that means it's time for a prayer meeting. We do peace. We don't do strife, we do peace. If there's strife, there's something wrong. If there's a lack of peace or some interruption, then it's time to pray through to get my peace back to find out what's going on. Because there's spirit of robbery, the terrorists will come try to take that peace from you. And if you lose your peace, you're ineffective for the kingdom. You'll be in trouble. I mean, if you're wringing your hands, come on, worry fundamentally. Some of you ever heard of that worry warts? I don't know where the wart part came from. But worry fundamentally sins. As you're worrying about what's going to happen. Man, just, just, man, God's got you. You're breathing right now. I am not worried about the additional $5 million we need for our building because I don't need it right now. And God's the one that offered, authored the thing, so he'll bring it when we need it. Some of you are all concerned about what could happen. I'm going to tell you, it could be an, assack, an attack of the spirit of robbery, a terrorist attack trying to steal your peace. Do you remember when I'm about to go and sent them out on this house, heal the sick and set the captives free. How many of you remember that text found in Mark, found in Luke? But if a man of peace isn't there, shake the dust off your feet and move on. There's, there's judgment and blessing both in the gospel. Where there's peace, there's the prince of peace. Come on, you could be in a sinking boat, but if Jesus is with you, it'll become the first submarine. Come on, somebody say Hallelujah. That's what it would have been for them as Jesus rode across the, the sea of Galilee. And he's tired and sleeping. Jesus was asleep at the back of the boat. It's because he went to morning prayer. <laughs> and all the people from morning prayer said, Amen. Nothing like a power nap right at lunchtime. Glory to God. Hey, thank you, Jesus. I think I just got touched by the Lord. You know, your inward reality creates your external circumstances. One of the reasons that Israel wandered away around in the wilderness is because they wandered in their hearts. And if you can set your mind on him, he, he keeps you at perfect peace. Him whose mind is stayed on him, he keeps at perfect peace. This Rephidim, this first attack takes place in the place of your peace. The second thing the enemy will try to do, this spirit of, of robbery, this terrorist spirit, is to try to steal your prosperity. Where'd you get that from? Well, the Amalekites and the Midianites robbed the threshing floor of Judges 6 and 8. Do you know that? 
over there would come, they'd send these raiding parties to rip off God's people. And that's the story of Gideon, the man who's defined by the cry of his heart. He's, he's threshing wheat at a wine press. You don't thresh wheat at a wine press. He's hiding, and the angel comes and says, mighty man of valor. I love that. Because many times we feel like we're hiding and we're inadequate and God defines you by what his word is. Hey, mighty man of valor. Well, I'm the least, so it doesn't matter. I've chosen you. But in my tribe, Benjamin, that's okay. I chose you. You know, I've chose you, appointed you, selected you to bear forth fruit and the remains rise up. Well, how do I know that you're with me? We always have these arguments with the Lord. No, the Amalekites come to, come to steal your prosperity. It was the Amalekites that plundered Ziklag. Do you know that scripture, that story in 1 Samuel 30? Of course, David was plundering them before that, which can apply to seed time and harvest. David, the man after God's own heart, isn't obeying the prophet. He's running all over the place. It's a whole nother message, but I love the fact that David is called the man after God's own heart. When he lies, he's responsible for the death of, of like all the priests except one. He, he, he doesn't listen to the prophet. He, he just leaves the land and he goes from pillar to post. And then finally when he loses everything and his men speak of killing him, he's like, okay, Lord. Okay, God. Oh, Lord. And he inquires of the Lord and the Lord says, pursue, overtake recover everything. And he's called a man after God's own heart. I love that because many times, I don't know about you, but, but I find myself like David sometimes. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching, kid. When the Lord speaks to you and you falter, maybe you don't stay in the land. You try to come up with another plan. I, I'm, I think I'm pretty well done with that. I hope I'm done with that. Lord, I'm, I, I want to be done with that. The enemy comes to steal your, your legacy, comes to steal the generation. I said in the last service that this is a powerful text because, because Moses needed Joshua's sword and Joshua needed Moses' staff. And I am seeing, we are seeing this synergy of generations beginning. It's just beginning to come together. I, I'm asking you, please, when you see a young person around you pat them on the back and you tell them you can do it. God loves you. He's got a plan. You, you begin to build them up when you see them. Don't look down your nose on them. Yeah, they might be wearing ripped jeans and you wish they had more clothes on. Believe me, I understand that. I'm just telling you, if speak life to them. Build them up. Speak life. You can do it. Hey, you're the next generation. God's going to do great things for you. Just in passing, pat them on the back. Pray for them. We're in the midst of, a, of, a, of an awakening with our youth. I think there's nearly 100 youth out there right now. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Thank God we moved it to the midweek. The reason it's not in the church is because we're out of room in the adults. We're out of room with the kids. So we made a tent, and they're all out there. I don't know what we're going to do in the fall. Jesus, help us out. You build up those youth. You know why? You need them. I will tell you, it is my deep desire to see my children, that my ceiling would be their floor and they would go on to fulfill everything that God had for them. That is why I'm here. If Jesus already did it for me and my wife, he's already done it all. If he never did another thing, he already did it. My life is about releasing next generation, releasing people into their dreams, releasing the power of God. I feel like I'm 25, but I realize I'm a, I'm, I'm a father in the thing, and that's okay. They need to be taught how to pray. They need to be taught how to witness. Come on, Jim. Amen. We're fathers in this thing. And the enemy comes to try to steal your kids. Try to steal this, your, your future, the legacy that you have. 
But in Jesus' name, we're not going to allow them. It was Haman who wrote a decree of death and destruction to rob the people of God. And Haman, you know who he was? He was an Amalekite. Over and over, you see a robbing. You see the Amalekites would steal. They were a people that were cursed. They were descendants of Ham, and we talked about that last week. They come, this spirit comes to try to rob your prophetic promise. Amalekites and other Canaanites struck fear into the hearts of the spies to keep them out of Canaan's land. And you'll see that in Numbers 13. Somebody said, not on my watch. Not on my watch. As you go into battle, now referring to the Moses with the rod lifted and Aaron and Hur on, e- on, e- on either side. Everybody needs an Aaron and Hur. Everybody needs a Moses. Let me ask you, who's your Moses? He you say, well, I'm Moses. Well, I'm glad. But, you, you know, you have to have somebody that you're under and, and, and serving. I mean, like a, a submitted to. Does that make sense? And you have to have a team. If you don't have a team, you're not going to be able to do what God called you to. Oh, you might be able to put up a Lego erector set, but you can't change the world all by yourself. You need a team of people. And Moses was connected to the Lord, and his divine connection and his authority released the victory for God's people. You need to be divinely connected. Let me ask you, who's your pastor? I'm asking for those of you online, don't make online your, your church. That's like, that's not even biblical. I get fed off of all kinds of podcasts. Like I, I've said before, I milk a lot of cows, but I make my own butter. It's important to resource yourself. It's important to cross-pollinate and to hear what God's doing. It's one of the reasons we're bringing in this beloved Dr. Frank on Saturday. Because, I bet you guys never heard of him. But I will tell you, he's like, he's a legend in his stream. There's so many streams in the body of Christ. Many streams make glad the city of our king. I love the body. I do. And it's important that we get connected rightly. It really is. And Moses was connected to God. You know, it's an amazing thing. When the connection with God is right, you will see breakthrough in your life. You'll see breakthrough in your finances. You'll see breakthrough in your physical life. You'll see breakthrough. You'll have favor in the parking lot when you want to park close to the store instead of walk a long distance in the middle of winter. You'll have favor when you leave and favor when you come in. You'll be in the right place at the right time. You'll, you'll get the deal. You'll get the phone call. You'll, you'll be right there. That's just evidence of God's blessing in your life. I, I remember talking to somebody recently. They said, you know, counseling, sometimes I just want to counsel them. Read the word, obey the word, go to church, pray, love God, quit sinning. Now, if you'll just do that, you'll be blessed. I'm thought, oh my gosh, can I just record that? We just want to record that and play it for everybody that comes in for counseling. Say, no, you don't understand. It's a really complex issue. How about fast for 40 days? I've never seen anything break. I've never seen anything not break when you fast for. Uh, you don't understand. I can't fast. Okay, I understand there are issues where people can't fast. I'm coming around the backside so we don't offend anybody. There are issues where people can't fast because of men. And I understand that. How about fast negativity? How about shut your mouth and begin to speak life? Everybody say, shut your mouth. Say it. Such your mouth. Yeah, I'm t- talking. Talk to yourself. Is any is anybody else besides me need to tell yourself to shut your mouth occasionally? Some of you need to. Listen, I was standing in the barn. I was I was uh, 
led by the Spirit, by my 10, 11-year-old saying, Dad, we need to go to the old church property. This is the miracle of how we got our property back and made $3 million in one week. It's pretty good for the church. Well, we went there. We walked in. We looked at this barn over there on the property. It's now demolished, and we got a new building going in this place. It's the first, bu- it's the first church, the first building that we had as a church. We sold it and turned that money into reaching and planting and doing all kinds of things for the kingdom. Ten years later, God gives it back to us. Here's how that miracle happened. I walked into the barn. I walk in. I'm looking at it. It's totally destroyed. All the windows blown out. It's tagged with F-bombs and curses everywhere. Completely defiled with mattresses and nonsense. Calf deep in motor oil and hydraulic pieces of equipment. I mean, it's just totally destroyed. It was sad. I said, man. This place is destroyed. And I stood where the pulpit used to be, and I told the kids the chairs went out this way, and they went this way. It was about 100 people it could fit. And I said, and the soundboard was up there, and the pulpit was right here. And I said, oh, God, I just got overwhelmed. I said, oh, Lord, you're awesome. It's amazing we even have a church. And I lifted my hands. I said, oh, God, thank you. And he just interrupted. And he said, I'm giving you the property back. And my immediate thought was, and I, and I said, that's him. Thank you. Listen, some of you don't understand. Oh, come on. You're looking at me all crazy. I'm glad I didn't give notes. Turn to Deuteronomy 30. That's it. I got the dakes now. Y'all in trouble now. Come on, Deuteronomy 30. This Bible could choke a moose right here. Hey. I'm getting encouraged. Anybody else getting encouraged? Come on, you've got power to overcome every single attack. You don't have to be robbed anymore. It's the year of Jubilee. God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. All you have to do is begin to enforce what he's already purchased for you. Deuteronomy 30. Go to verse... Three. Now this is a promise over Israel that's happening as we speak. That then this King James, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity. Oh no. I'm going to back up. Go all the way to verse 1. It shall come to pass, and all these things come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, that thou shalt call them to mind among the nations, whether thy Lord thy God has driven thee. And thou shalt return to the Lord thy God and shall obey his voice according to all that I command you this day and that thou children with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Verse 3. That then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion on you and will return and gather you from all the nations which the Lord your God has sent thee. And that's exactly what's happening. It's called Aliyah. There's Jews flying from all over every nation into Israel, even as we speak. In droves are gathering and have, have been since Israel was made a nation. If any of you driven out into the othermost parts of heaven, verse 4, from thence, I love that King James, the Lord thy God will gather thee, and from thence he will fetch thee. I want you to go to verse 11. 
For this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou should say, Who will go up to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou should say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth, and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Here's the thing. God has given us his promises. Many people don't walk in authority because they don't obey it. They don't speak it. And they don't do it. Listen, God has promises for you. It's all wrapped up. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. You don't have to wait for anything else to happen. He's given you a passport. He's given you his blood. He's given you his word. And it's as near as the word on your mouth. Begin to speak it. Come on, everything that was ever robbed from me is come back now in Jesus' name. I could just see stuff just flying through the air. Restored relationships and the blessing of God. Before you go out in a battle, you've got to establish a connection. And it's not some fruit loop just because your hair stood on end connection. It's a connection made by the truth of God's word lived out in your life. you got to get saved, but you got to get filled with the Spirit too. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. you got to be on your alert because the enemy will try to attack you. You've got to fight and position yourself in peace, this refidium. I said it earlier, if you want to change your life, that begins by changing your mind. If you never change your mind, you'll live the same stinking, busted up life you've ever lived. Or you'll stumble over the same strongholds. A stronghold is a mindset that's impregnated with hopelessness. See, if I'm ticking you off right now, it's because I just stepped on one of your strongholds. Just stepped on a little nerve. You want me to just shut up right now and move on. That, that is most likely a demonic agitation to keep you in bondage. And you need to notice those triggers so you can take authority over them and break them. Listen, I've laid hands on myself. My wife's laid hands on me. We all need that. Some of you need to lay hands on yourself and say, stop it. Rebuke yourself. Hallelujah. The enemy wants to get you out of alignment with heaven. Look at this, Numbers 13, 33. We saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. That's a New Living Translation. We seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes. And so we were grasshoppers in their eyes. They didn't see themselves as. As, as the men and women of God, as the army of the living God. They didn't see themselves that way. They saw themselves as insignificant. They saw themselves as people without power. They saw themselves as helpless before a giant. When if their thinking would change like unto David, David said with a head that big, I can't stink and miss. You need to change your perspective. You need to rearrange your mental furniture and quit, think, quit thinking the way that, you, that you've been thinking. Think in terms of victory. And just because you're facing all kinds of darkness and all kinds of challenges, let it be evidence to you that the devil's nervous. Either that or you got some jacked up places in your life that you need to change. Come on, smile at me. Hey, praise God. Thank you, Pastor. 
Hallelujah. Realize that you don't go out to battle alone. Aaron and Hur was holding up the hands of Moses. I've never seen anybody win in Christianity by themselves. I talked about Ephesians and how the, the weapons, uh, uh, the, the, the weaponry of the Christian, as, as Paul described, the, the armor of a Roman, the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, so on and so forth. It's the description of a, of a Roman soldier and the strength of a Roman army was in the fact that he stood next to other Roman soldiers and fought together. Not that he was by himself. You know, I'm a beekeeper. Some of you are aware of that. You know, bees, are, they're, they're called superorganisms is what science calls them. They're the most unusual creatures. I don't know why I like it so much. Um, I actually like getting stings, sort of. I don't like it, but I like it. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Uh, my, my, I come in with 11 or 12 stings from my hives, and my wife's like, you like it? I'm like, no, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just that I, I'm alive, and, and, and you have to relate with them. And we, we have this relationship, a symbiotic relationship. They need my help. I need them. I steal their honey. Amen. <laughs> and uh, they sort of know, honeybees sort of know that, uh, that they're going to die when they sting you. They're not like hornets. Feel free to kill all hornets, wasps. I'm not sure where they are. They're definitely a product of the fall, I think. I don't know. Well, you know, hornets would the, the, the hornet would be would be sent after the enemies of God there as part of the promise. Yeah. Yeah, so I haven't gotten stung by a hornet in a long time. I'm anointed. I don't know why honeybees sting me all the time, but anyway, maybe because I'm stealing their honey. But here's the point. What is the point? Um Oh, yeah, thanks. Let me pray in tongues for a second. You know what happened is that morning prayer kind of caught up with me right now. Praise God. No, I'm, I'm teasing. Um, they're a superorganism. If you take one bee and you just put it aside, it's, it's toast. It, it, it freezes. It, it can't stay warm. It can't produce any honey. It, 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 there's a certain limit, uh, a, a critical mass, if you will, of a certain group of bees, even without a queen, a certain amount of bees can begin to sustain themselves, stay warm enough, and actually one of the bees, and they're all, they're all girls except for drones. You know what happens to drones in the fall? All, all drones are used for is mating with the queen, and then the fall they get kicked out. Because all they do is eat and sit around. They eat, sit around, and mate with the queen, and then, then, then they get kicked out. What's, what's up with that? So all these, so most bees are females. They're girls. But do you know what will happen in a, in, a, in a group that doesn't have a queen? One of those bees will lay eggs, and they can actually make their own queen. That's amazing. But one bee by itself, dead meat. You know, it's a picture of the body. You, you need, we need each other. We need community. Gosh, I've got some statistics here. I, I want to show you this. Here, researchers at, uh, I think it's Brigham Young University. And I've got a Duke University quote too, uh, Brother Barry. Amen. He, he loves Duke University. Brigham Young University found those who have strong, listen to this, those who have strong uh, relationships with their friends are 50% likely to die early. If you have strong relationships, Healthy, strong relationships with people, you'll be 50% like, 
Some of you are shortening your lifespan because you got so much drama, so much upset, so much strife, so much arguing. Let me say it again. If you have strong relationships, you're 50% likely to not die early. You, you'll live longer if you have healthy relationships. So if you have unhealthy ones, the converse of that is true. You're shortening your life. Listen, some of you haven't gotten it with your mom and dad. Honor your father and mother. Have a long life. The converse of that is true. Dishonor mom and dad. Have a short one. And be cursed in the land. Some of you need to call mom and dad to repent right now. Mom, I'm so sorry. Just in case I haven't repented recently. I'm so sorry, mom. Yeah, I honor you today. My father too. Wow. Nearly a decade ago, Harvard professor Robert Putnam wrote a book called The Bowling Alone. It's this phenomena that's taking place in America where people are becoming less and less a part of a community. And they've developed, what people are doing now is they're getting involved in these, in these communities that are like cyber communities that aren't real. They're not real. And you can actually become somebody else in cyberland. Text is the same way. I, I've seen people say stuff over text they wouldn't dream of saying to my face. There is no way. They just get like, in text. And then when you meet, they're like, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Really? With all the curses and stuff? Really? You didn't mean it that way? Hmm. How about that? People, people become other people in these cyber communities. Listen, you need to know who you are in Christ. You need to develop relationships offline. You could turn me off if I'm bugging you right now and you're on YouTube. You could just press pause. But if you're here, it's harder to leave. Plus, we lock the doors right around this time during the service as it starts to get convicting. I'm kidding. Sort of. Duke University, Pastor Barry, has found a vast increase in social isolation among Americans. It cites a staggering 25% of Americans have no close social interactions at all. No meaningful social support. And not a single person they confide in. 25% of Americans don't have anybody they can talk to? You know, one of the things that's amazing for me in my circles, I meet a lot of pastors and stuff. Do you know how many do it alone? Yeah, no wonder that pastors are dropping out of the minute. That's not how it was ever intended to happen. I got so many friends. I got people that jump on airplanes from across the world and be here as fast as a plane can bring you from all around the world. Could call them, put out a call, and they would be flying in, and we would have whatever help or support if I ever needed it. Come on, somebody say Hallelujah. You know what I'm so blessed by, a part of this vision, pastoring? Bring to the decision-making table hundreds of years of ministry experience. The Word of God, yes. The wisdom of God, yes. We pray for that. We receive it. And hundreds of years of, of wisdom of people serving God in full-time ministry for generations. Now, how do you miss it that way? It's pretty hard. You know, unless you blow it yourself or you don't obey or you isolate yourself. And every man of God that ever fell, they all say the same stinking thing. Well, I didn't have anybody I can talk to. Uh, you just weren't talking, you knucklehead. God, the devil's a bad devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you can end up getting deceived, then you're going to be deceived. And that's the problem with deception. You're deceived. 
And the enemy would love to pick you off and isolate you in your marriage. If you can't talk to your wife or you, you can't talk to your husband, you're jacked. You know, my, my, we say in my family, we don't have any secrets. We don't have any secrets. We just don't, we don't hide, I don't hide anything from my wife. She doesn't hide anything from me. She can have my, she has my email, she has my phone. I've got nothing to hide. If something happens, I get defiled, I immediately tell. Live humble, broken, and transparent all of your life. Throw yourself under the proverbial Holy Ghost bus. Get healed, repent, confess your sins one to another. Live in community. Don't let anything isolate you. Don't let anything get you apart. Because if you get separated from the flock, you're toast. I said it before, he who wanders out of the way of understanding will rest in the congregation of the dead. Dr. Morocco had sheep, had sheep, until two wild dogs came and separated them from where they were and isolated them and ran one down. That's what they try to do, and they'll run that sheep down. That's what, that's what a spirit of Amalekite will try to do. That's what this spirit of robbery, this terrorist spirit will try to do. Isolate you, pick you off, pull you aside, and wipe you out. But if you could say, help me, Jesus, help me, God, help, help, help me. Twenty-five percent of our population, that's over 75 million people, have no close relationships outside their immediate family. Oh, no, Sorry. 50% all of Americans have no close relationships outside their family. And the truth is, of those who have relationship inside their immediate family, those relationships are unhealthy. Fathers have been torn from homes. Mothers have been torn from homes. The enemies come like a roaring lion, devouring, destroying. But it should not be that way. God is raising up a church. God is raising up a people who lean on, rely on the Lord and each other. We can do it together. Together we're going to experience life together with people, power, and purpose. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. We're going to experience life together with people, power, purpose. Can you say amen? Yeah, you can't do it alone. Almost done. We've got to be willing to use the sword to advance against the enemy, all the while maintaining alignment and communion with God. The sword, of course, is the word of God, Hebrews 12. You got to get a rhema word from the Lord. I said, You got to get a word from the Lord. I love how, over the course of our 20 years in ministry, having challenges, that really all that has to happen. I, I don't know why we, we take so long sometimes, Pastor Karen. I mean, I do. You're perfectly on time. <laughs> We're, we, we have a tendency to be dull sometimes. I'm not, I'm not talking about you, but I mean, be me, all right? I'm, I'm talking about me. Well, I have a tendency like to not to see things so clearly and just respond naturally. The Lord wants to give you a rhema to break through the problem that you're facing. And if you get the word of the Lord, a rhema, here. So play some keys. Just the black ones if you can. Those are a bunch of notes that are happening, isn't that right? I'm not a musician, but, uh, but I'm musical. I'm a worshiper. So those are many notes that he's playing right now. This is one. Ooh. 
That was one note. Hey, yeah, 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 yes. Mm. All you need is one word. 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 All you need is one word from God. You did that way better. Do that thing today. Come on. Come on, do it. Come on. assignments on the church to destroy the church where there's wolves that came in where things had happened demonic forces swirling around and we would just get to the place where we're enough's enough you just get to the place where like okay that's the end of that and go into the secret place fast pray reach out and touch the hem of his garment and God would speak and say don't worry things this is an actual word I'm going to take care of everything. So that's the word I got in the midst of this situation. I'm going to take everything. Take care of everything. I thought, whoa. And immediately, peace, fire, power, and absolute resolve. Knowing, well, God is going to take care of everything. And I came back and I talked to my wife. I said, well, the Lord spoke to me. He's taking care of everything. And it was like, whew, that's good. Yeah. Within three weeks, yeah, there was people that almost died. There was a time we didn't wish that on anybody, but I'm going to tell you something. You don't mess with God's church. Oh, you want scripture? 1 Corinthians 3 talks about that. You destroy the church, God destroys you. The church is not perfect, and if you find one, don't go. You'll ruin it. 
But don't you speak against the church. Don't you speak against God's bride. Don't do it. I don't know any righteous man. I don't know any man who let someone talk about his wife, his bride. I don't know anybody. You talk about, I don't let anybody talk about my bride. You let anybody, no, God's just like us. Or we're like him, I should say. Don't talk about his bride. Because he'll send you to the woodshed. Maybe take you home early. So, oh, God doesn't do that. Bet. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Oh, I got to share this part. You got to be willing to deal with curses that rob from you. The Amalekites were cursed from, from Ham. Maybe you come from, uh, from some things. We all come from families that weren't perfect, right? We all come from dysfunctional families. You need to deal with generational curses. Ask God to show you what they are. And I think one of the great ways to do that is you're reading through the Word. If you find a generational curse, just assume that your family probably had that. Take authority, apply the blood of Jesus, and break it off. And then just break off anything that just, well, I think maybe, yep, yeah, maybe, yeah. In the name of Jesus, I sever that thing. I break all effects of it. I break it off of my kids. I break it off of my life, and I will live the blessed life. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, apply the blood to every part of your life. Break off territorial demonic power. Eagle River's changing. Eagle River's shifting. Continue to amp up that prayer. Come on, your home is changing. The region is changing as we're reaching the lost. We're seeing Satan fall like lightning. Come on, we've got to enforce the finished work of Jesus. And lastly, I'm all over the place, but I know it's it's been good. I've been refreshed. You've been refreshed. I'm almost done. Deal with self-participating curses. Like not tithing will curse you. That, that lifestyle of pornography or adultery, it'll curse you. Drunkenness, intoxication, it'll curse you. The spirit of robbery, the ter- terrorist spirit, I'm going to call it, the spirit of Malachites is broken. I watched it operate over recent weeks in the lives of people. It's broken. I believe we broke that thing, applied the blood. Come on, you've got to have a revelation that we're in a, we're in a battle. And you have to take authority. Everything, if it, look, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, buddy, it's a duck. You try to rational away. Reason is the guillotine of your faith. You see things that are happening in your life that are contrary to God and representative of the curse. Beat the fool out of that thing in the name of Jesus. Stand up. Get partnered with somebody. Raise raise up. Get connected with a Moses. Come on, get an Aaron and her. I'm so thankful for Aaron and hers that I got. Come on, anybody else thankful for Aaron and hers? That, come on, anybody else got an Aaron and her lying around? Come on, you got somebody? You got you got somebody on your right? You got somebody on your left? Come on, you are you warring with somebody? Don't do it alone. We're going to take the land. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. We're going to take the land. We're going to get every single body. Everybody say, come on, Jesus. Ah! Come on, shout to God. Father, thank you for what you've done tonight. We'll give you praise. We decree. 
You know, I touched on that. I'll just say this and then I'll close. When you get a word, when you get a rhema, that's the one note. It's one note in a symphony, a rhema. One word from God in the midst of the word of God. One note. That's what I was illustrating there before I got all touched by the Holy Ghost. When you get a word from God, you take that thing and you just decapitate everything. You cut the heads off of the spiritual opposition. It's not people. People are manipulated by demon power. You deal with the spirit behind it in your prayer closet. You raise your voice. You, you lift your voice and you declare it broken. And you take steps and actions. Of, you take action of faith of moving forward. And you speak it. Some of you are so double-minded. You'll declare, I'm blessed. And then you'll say, I'm broke. Which are you? You blessed or you broke? You can say things like, well, you say, what if I don't have any money and I'm blessed? Well, you're invested in other areas. If you're tithing, that is. I'm, I'm invested in money cometh. Say it. Come on, you declare the truth of God's word. Well, you might not be healed yet, but you're being healed. I am in the process of being healed. I'm contending God's miracle. I'm believing for it. It's manifesting in my body. And you speak it over your life. You lay hands on yourself. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. That means I have favor. That's one reason I have favor. I've got favor with God, favor with man. Everywhere I go, I have favor. Goodness and mercy follow me everywhere I go. It's not my fault. Just talk to the Lord. You don't have to be jealous. You can have goodness and mercy following you too. I'm in the right place at the right time. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm the lender, not the borrower. I've got wisdom in a multitude of counsel. If God be for me, who can be against me? I'm more than a conqueror. I'm convinced that nothing, no devil, no demon can separate me from the love of God. I am secure. I am his son. I've been adopted. I'm grafted in. God's plan is being brought about in my life. I delight myself in the Lord, and he's giving me the desires of my heart. He is fulfilling everything he said he would do. He's not going to leave one thing undone. Every bit of his plan will be fulfilled. Every single plan. Don't forget the orphanages. Don't forget all of those things. Bring them to mind, says the Lord. Stir that thing up. Wage a good warfare, the prophetic word. Out of saturation, you'll preach, pray, and prophesy. Oh, Holy Spirit, come on. Come on, just call out to God in the closing moments of our service. One word from God. You're fighting a battle and you feel like you've been ripped off. You feel like you've been robbed. You feel like a terrorist came up on you and snatched your stuff. Get out from where you are. Come to the front. Let's call it back. Come on, let's call it back tonight.
with the devil. Unless your name is Jack, it's okay. And you're blessed, okay? I'm talking about hit the road, yeah. Hit the road, yeah. And don't you come back. Hit the road, yeah. And don't you come back. In the name of Jesus. Hit the road, yeah. In the name of Jesus. We declare, come on, begin to declare. We declare that everything that's ever been robbed, stolen. We declare jubilee tonight in Christ. By your stripes, Lord, your blood, you, Lord, fulfilled Isaiah chapter 61. We pray that everything was lost, everything that was taken, everything that was stolen, returned to us. Returned right now. I call back money. I call back relationships. I call back opportunities. I call back that which is stolen and robbed from us by that Amalekite type spirit, by the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We declare your powers broken and we ask now for supernatural restoration in the name of Jesus and we say one more time to darkness hit the road hit the road Jack don't you come back hit the road Jack. talk to the hand don't you come yeah hit the road Jack don't you come come on give him a boot with the blood yeah hit the road Jack don't you come back hit the road don't you come back, hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. Sing something, Toby. Come on, sing something. Yeah. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Woo! Come on! And there's no name like the name of the Lord. Yeah. Sing it, Brother Toby. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Uh-huh. And there's no name like the name of the Lord. Oh. So hit the road, Jack. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. Get happy about it. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. Come on, Sister D, sing something. Ready? Go. The devil is under my feet. He has been defeated. The devil is under my feet. So hit the road. Come on, sing the devil's under my feet. The devil is under my feet. He has been the devil is under my feet, so hit the road. Hit the road. Hit the road. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. No more. No more. No more. Say it. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. Feet. He has been defeated. 
the devil is under my feet. So hit the road, hit the road, hit the road. The devil is under my feet. He has been, has been defeated. The devil is under my feet. So hit the road, hit the road. Let me hear you singing. The devil's under my feet. Sing. The devil is under my feet. Oh, you sound beautiful. The devil is under my feet, so hit the road. Hit the road. Hit the road. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. One more time, sing it. Hit, hit the, the road, road, Jack. Don't you come back. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. Child of God, washed in the blood. The blood, I'm a child of God, cleansed and pure. Child of God, washed in the blood, in the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody say hallelujah tonight. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I've gone a little bit long, but I believe the Spirit of God has had His way tonight. Father, thank you that we walk in power and authority. And I pray now with every eye closed and every head bowed for those here to examine their heart. Holy Spirit, that you would come and convict of sin. For those that are not right with you, I pray it would get right now. I bind demon power and that which you're trying to hinder what you want to do in the lives of your people who you're calling right now. If you're not right with God and you want to get right with Him for the first time or you want to make a recommitment because you drifted in your walk, not as on fire as you used to be, and you know you need to come back home. You need to sell out, sell the farm, get on fire again. Or you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe you just, the devil lies to you and want to be assured of your salvation all across this place. You say, that's me, Pastor Daniel. I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. You fit in any of those categories. Give your heart to Jesus first time. Number two, sell the farm, come home, get back on fire. Put him back on the throne of your life. Take yourself off. Or number three, you just want to be assured of your salvation. All across this place, those online, those on YouTube, those on Facebook, those on Instagram, all across social media. If that's you, on the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. God bless you. Praise God. Thank you for your honesty. Praise the Lord. God bless you, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. And to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. I repent. I ask you to wash me and cleanse me now. And come into my life. And be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill touch, break every chain, baptize afresh in your spirit. Come on, if you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, just go ahead and do it right now.
Reverend Jan, would you minister to her, please? Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. There's tongues, which is a prayer language. We can pray corporately all together. The perfect will of God doesn't need to be interpreted. When there's a tongue that rises up above all others or is isolated, it then needs to be interpreted. That would be then prophecy. So when we pray in the Spirit all together, it is not out of order. Do you understand? Many times people take 1 Corinthians and they, they, just, they don't understand chapter 14. There is to be interpreted when it's isolated. So if I just turn loose real loud, give a, or it doesn't necessarily have to be loud, but give a defined, definite message in tongues. It needs to be interpreted. But when we pray in our prayer language, which we're all going to do again, and some of you are receiving for the first time, you just, you just pray. And just let it rip. Just you and Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit pray through you. Sounds, utterances, mysteries of God, as it says in Ephesians. Ready, set, go. Hallelujah. And we thank you for what done tonight, God. We give you praise and glory. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace in Jesus' name. God bless you. God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated.